Welcome to the Pixels and in Ink podcast. This is the show where we bring you the best tips, tactics, and strategies for using multi-channel marketing to dramatically boost your leads and sales. From the top sales and marketing minds across agencies, print service providers, and enterprise marketers, you'll hear what's working and not working so you can be on the cutting edge without having to empty your wallet in the process. All right, here are your hosts, Mackenzie Farshid and Dave Rosendahl. Hi, listeners. Welcome back to another episode of Pixels and Ink. Woo woo. <laughs> so today we have a rock star of a lady, Girl Power, today. Yep. Uh, her name is Candice, and she is of Ventus Strategies, who is a full-service marketing solutions provider for the automotive industry. Yeah, if you've ever wondered what it takes behind the scenes to put together campaigns that sells more cars, and you can certainly apply this to other industries as well, but what Candice is talking about our campaigns that will sell more cars, get more service for those vehicles, and help dealerships meet their sales goals. You don't want to miss this because she really unpacks and dissects how she goes about doing this, how her firm helps companies do this, and uh, it's it's really, really interesting. Yeah, she's really exciting and vibrant and has so much information to share, so tune in and we hope you enjoy. Let's go hang out with Candice. Thank you so much for joining us. I know our listeners are in for a treat today, so we appreciate you being here. Oh, I hope so. Thanks for having me. Of course. So why don't you start by introducing yourself? Tell us a little bit about uh, you and your company, and we'll go from there. Okay, sounds good. So uh, my name is Candice Neskar. Oh, gosh, what a story. Where to start? I own and operate a company called Ventest Strategies Incorporated. I've been doing automotive sales and marketing consulting for almost 15 years now, seven years on my own with Ventest Strategies. It's a crazy business with a funny, funny cast of characters to say the least. It's been probably what's kept me here this long. I don't really want to tell you how long I've been doing this, Mackenzie, because I'm going to have to. It can be our secret. You don't have to. You don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What we primarily do, strategic marketing is so important for these dealers today. I mean, these guys face a lot of crazy challenges trying to grow their business. It's so competitive. You know, it's not dissimilar to probably any other business, but there are certain things that do affect them from day to day. And it's just so much fun to be a part so of it. I know that we kind of jumped right in there and I guess I should take a step back. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the automotive industry as a whole and what you're trying to do? What challenges are you trying to solve? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it's always about a happy customer, right? Profitability is one thing, but a happy customer is and crucial, right? So there's certain things that affect these guys that I think are unique in terms of, um, you know, consumer demand for cars can vary from year to year based on changing economic conditions, consumer spending, little things, fluctuation in fuel prices, that kind of thing. Sales for particular brands or models are especially vulnerable to what the customer preferences are and as they change. Like in Canada, for example, what we've been seeing is a huge trend towards SUVs, trucks, crossovers, things like that versus cars, right? That's that's major over here. I don't know about the U.S., but that's really happening here. I'm assuming it's the same. Um, you know, interest rates, for example, can reduce the customer's ability to buy. People are payment buyers. In today's market, every customer buys a vehicle based on a loan or a lease. And almost always, can I afford this monthly payment, not the end cost of the car? They're not thinking of those things. So, you know, um, dealership inventories, they're typically financed through um, – Variable interest rate loans, increasing interest rates can reduce profits for them by affecting sales volumes, dealer costs, things like that. I guess the biggest thing I hear my dealers talk about um, is competition for Mm. services. Like That's huge, Mackenzie, huge. Today, car dealers face a major competition coming at them in every way from the service segment. The service segment is big, tire stores, um, 
uh, fast oil change outlets, independent little service centers, things like that. There's a major amount of that out there. The, um, comp the competitive chains that specialize in things, in particular like uh, parts and service, they'll offer lower prices, they'll kind of do these crazy marketing campaigns saying they can get all these things for next to nothing. And uh, in comparison to what a dealership has available and the cost there, um, having all these these outlets that say, okay, we've got every location, we're so convenient. There's an increasing amount of competition for services such as that, and uh, that's a major, major problem for our dealers because the last thing that they want is to lose a service customer. That's that's one of the most valuable customers. That yeah, they have. it makes sense. I'm just curious from a competitive perspective, do they worry less about the other dealerships in town and more about this services component? You know what? It's a combination okay. of both. That's a really that's good question because. Um, it's it's twofold, right? Because every dealership is going hard after these customers, and brand loyalty is really changing now. So they want to try to get domestic customers are trying to get somebody from the other side. You know, Ford and GM are fighting for that same customer, and I think also import customers the same thing. But selling a car is one thing; keeping that customer in your service drive is paramount. So it's twofold. It's it's both. Very actually. interesting. That's cool. I hadn't thought about that. Me so, either at all. Yeah. So when you're selling these uh, marketing services to the dealerships, are you helping them with both the acquisition of, of customers, you know, to buy a new car or to get you know the next uh, car that they have in their in their lease cycle, if you will, and with the services component? Is it usually both of those things that you're helping them with at the same time? Yeah, like it's a little bit of both. It's kind of interesting because. Um, First and foremost, in order to keep that customer in the service department, you've got to try to keep them as your customer and sell them a new car. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so when we when we when we do our programs, they're primarily loyalty-based campaigns. Um, you know, so each and every dealer they take into consideration their unique marketplace, um, their brand. We look at things like. You know, business is competitive, as I said. So most dealerships are spending tens and thousands of dollars annually trying to entice customers to come into that particular store, buy that particular brand of car. And the unfortunate thing is that oftentimes it's a it's a reactive thing where a dealership may have had a slower month, they haven't planned out their marketing spend, you know, they react quickly, they just think, oh gosh, this was a slow month, like let's lob something mm -hmm. out there. Let's try an old school radio or, or newspaper ad <laughs> hoping that it would drum up right. some business. And then after doing so, and this, then these things by the way are very expensive and then after doing so they have no way to track or quantify their spend or, or follow these results understanding okay what was my return on this investment how well did this particular ad perform did it perform did it even bring a customer in here like <laughs> you know so um i think what's really important is at ventas our kind of value proposition that we try to come up with is how can we help these dealerships quantify and track these results for each and every campaign, being it for a new customer coming in to buy a car or a service customer coming back into the department? Has it been challenging to get these dealers to kind of shift that mindset from, okay, we're having a slow month, we need to ramp up our marketing, to then, you know what, maybe the better approach is to be doing some ongoing communication that's nurturing people, that's utilizing the data that you have to then speak more relevantly so that, yeah, of course, you can acquire them as a new customer, a new uh, buyer to your cars, but then continuously communicate communicate with them to keep them top of mind when the services come up or when they need new tires or, you know, when their lease comes up? Is it, has it been difficult trying to change that mind shift of the people? I find myself having a conversation with my dealers and it's usually a debate about, about, you know, brand loyalty being long gone. Some dealers kind of think, oh, you know, my customers, my customers, I, I'm never going to lose them to another mm -hmm. store. And I, I truly feel this is fundamentally incorrect today because for, for several reasons, but first and foremost, 
customers are inundated with choices today. Like the fact of the matter is there's, today people are probably more fickle than they've ever been before because there is so much incredible product to choose from. So, you know, um, it all looks so shiny and beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't imagine a time in history when consumers had more options and then guess what? Zero down, right. you know, zero uh, percent financing, all these things. Like, why not do it, right? Like, okay, yes, done. It can be overwhelming. So when we say to our dealerships, look, the stories of the good old days when your grandpa bought a Ford and then your dad bought a Ford and you're buying one too, they are long mm-hmm. gone. So plucking a new customer out of the marketplace is probably going to cost this dealership 10 to 15 times more than to retain and maintain an existing one. So understanding this, as you've described, um, you know, if a dealership has their data and they use this as the most expensive asset that they have and they go, okay, getting a new customer is one thing, but keeping an existing one is of the utmost importance. How can you guys help me do this? By tracking, by by saying, okay, in these months, we know these different things are going to be happening on a manufacturer level. How do we capitalize on that? And how do we touch these customers this many times a year? Because you also can't do it too often when you're going into your own database. So it's also a fine balance in that respect, if that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. And Candace, we know from your story that you've been able to penetrate this niche and kind of build a product around the problems that you're trying to solve. And what we would love to know is how you came up with that idea. In other words, how did you arrive at this marketing service, this strategy behind that service that helps them you know, solve these problems? How did that kind of uh, come together for you? Well, you know, I would say that this isn't new. I mean, there's a lot of huge companies out there that uh-huh. do what I do in Canada and in the U.S. But if I mentioned their names, you'd, you'd know sure, who they sure. are. <laughs> you know, as we become more knowledgeable in terms of marketing, as we have more things available to us, like, you know, the MindFire platform that you offer us and, and dealers have been able to recognize, hey, wait a second, I have a couple options. I can willy-nilly go crazy and do all kinds of unaddressed ad mail, and I can throw kinds of you know radio ads right. out there and try all these crazy things and see, you know, and cross my fingers and hope that something works. Or I can utilize some of these things and plan and track and really try to make sense of what's working, what isn't working, and how to attack it okay. next. I think that that's what's making things change because I've seen a lot of big stores and I work with some really large dealerships in Canada and I've seen some of these stores work with some really large groups that their concept is very different than mine in the sense that they still believe that they should really do an enormous amount of unaddressed ad mail. They should also do database marketing like what we do and, and, you know, track and, and hit up certain customers, but they're still saying the combination of both. And I feel that, you know, at Ventas Strategies, what we try to do that's different is we say, look, like we're not here for a good time. We're here for a long time. I, I never tell my clients, like, let's blow your brains out on this huge marketing mm-hmm. campaign month after month and send out all these mailers and just try all these crazy things. Like, let's have a different approach. Let's let's have a an approach that's concentrated heavily on, you know, demonstrating to the dealers the importance of doing, you know, what we talked about earlier, nurturing those existing customers, um, strategic planning, being proactive, working with budgetary constraints at the store, um, trying to keep that return on investment really high with each and every campaign so we can get invited back to do it again in a couple months, and then showing our dealers how to have a successful campaign every quarter by following things that make sense. Like, you guys are probably very familiar with things like, you know, Ford employee pricing, Toyota red tag days, yep. right? 
Yeah, so if a manufacturer is spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, and let me tell you, they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, knowing in this month we have this campaign, and this month we have that campaign, because it's usually predictable in that sense, um, you know, piggyback on that, piggyback yeah. on that, and then pick a certain grouping of customers that are your loyal customers. We know by using, you know, we have an algorithm that we use when we look at this data. How many times has this customer been in the service department in a year, for example? What did they buy? Did they buy a brand new car? Did they buy an off-brand? So are they a new car buyer? Are they a used car buyer? And both are great. You need both, right? But, you know, communicating to that person in this month, not only do you have this, this, and this from the manufacturer in terms of rebates and so on for, say, using Toyota Red Tag Days, for example. In addition to that, we're going to offer you blank if you come into this particular dealership, whatever that may be. You know, an additional amount to be spent in, um, say, parts and service, for example. But just in saying, we appreciate you, we value you, thank you so much. We really want you to take advantage. Like, don't miss out on all these offerings. And in addition to that, at this location only, mm. we're going to give you this to keep you as a happy What customer. I'm trying to figure out, Candice, is um, a lot of our listeners and a lot of people that we talk to struggle with something that you seem to be able to do there in your company. And specifically, that is to come up with a solution to meet the pain that the customer has, in this case, the dealership. So we get a lot of questions from listeners and from others who say, okay, I just don't know what to do uh, with respect to print and email and the web and social and all of this stuff. I don't know how to pull all of that together to meet the needs of my customer. Yeah, into one package. So yeah. how do you, for example, if you were going to talk about a typical campaign or program or solution that you do, what does that total package look like? Is it a combination of direct mail followed by email or, you know, what does that and, look like? And specifically, I think what I'm trying to get at there is, what is it about you that enables you to do that? And how have you been able to to do that? Does, is my question making sense? No, it is making sense. And I think that um, it's probably, I get what you're saying. I think it's a common problem for many businesses. And I think I, the thing of it is, is oftentimes dealerships are sending out communications to customers that are about what the dealership wants. Okay. We want your car, Mr. Hmm. Customer, blah, 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 mm -hmm. that kind of thing. What we've been telling them is customers don't give a right. crap about That's what you true. want. Yeah. <laughs> With a, pardon yeah. my French, what they care about is what's in yeah. it for me? What's in it for me? Right? And, you know, customers, first of all, Customers are more informed today than ever before. They can go online and build a car in two seconds and see what it's going to cost, for all the you know, like, all the equipment, et cetera, et cetera. So, in terms of our process, if that's what you're asking me, um, you know, it's changed over the years, of course. But again, because consumers are so knowledgeable, and you know, now we can track and quantify what's working and what isn't. We try to use first and foremost a direct mail mm. piece. Using this combined with the, the MindFire platform you provide us, we're able to give our dealers, and I mean, look, it takes a lot of time to sit down with dealers. We do a lot of research on what customers respond to, all these things. The messaging is very important. It kind of starts like this. The offer that the manufacturer has to the end consumer is very important. Like, for example, using Ford employee pricing. I mean, these customers are getting crazy. Ford's making amazing products. They're getting crazy discounts. So those two things matter. Um, when you communicate to the customer in, in the direct mail piece, we try to do a few things. So um, the success of a campaign, I feel, and I don't know if I'm right or I've figured something else out that nobody else has, I doubt it. Um, we want this to be a personalized communication. 
So when we, when we send out this direct mail piece, we have several different merge tags in this piece speaking directly to the customer, the car they purchased, you know, uh, the model, the, the year, the make, mm -hmm. etc. And we talk about, you know, a true need for this particular model and year for the dealership at the dealer at the dealership level because they need to get that onto their used car lot. This is a true communication. Look, Mr. Customer, we've seen you in our service department. We know the history of your car. We like it. We want it back. We need it on our lot. We appreciate you in our service department as a loyal customer. So here's what we're going to offer. So, and then we drive them to sort of this website that we build and we use um, using the personalized URL. We can really get the communication across to a customer quickly. And I don't know how to explain this other than that. You know, if you're using an appreciates you messaging, so let's say, say the marketing piece is Mr. Customer, we appreciate you, this dealership appreciates you. The pearl is, you know, Candace Nascar, City Ford appreciates you, let's say, using Ford. So we send it in a snail mail direct letter piece. They draw, we then drive them to this website. They go to the website, and that, that communication is on there, on that personalized website. When we send them an email blast, for example, that's in there again. And when they click on it, they, they're, they're curious. People love to see their name. Mm -hmm. eh? They want to know they're appreciated as a consumer. Yes. Don't you? Don't you guys <laughs> want to feel like you're appreciated? Uh, you know, so it's kind of like, and then when they see the manufacturer-level offerings, it's, you know, important to know that certain times of year, you know, these manufacturers really want to move some product and there's some really great opportunities. So, you know, it's a few things. Mining that data is important at the, at the start of the game, looking for key points about what that customer purchased from the dealership when they took delivery of it. Are they in an equity position to come back in the store? Are they a new car buyer? Are they a used car buyer? That kind of thing. We try to ascertain how loyal of a customer they are. How many times have they been in there for service? So if you're dealing with your existing database and you don't want to lose them to the Ford store down the street, you're looking at these things and then you want to send an important message that is, we do appreciate you. And because we do, here's what we're going to give you in addition to what the manufacturer is offering. So highly personalized communication, right? That's important. Uh, the manufacturer level, level offering is very important. It kind of, and it has to all tie in together. I, I don't know if I'm explaining that correctly or not. Yeah, Does no, that absolutely. answer your question? Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. So could we dive into the details a little bit further there? I want to understand a little bit more clearly about the direct mail and how you tie that to the web. So you mentioned using a personalized URL. Is that right? Okay, That's so correct, the yeah. pearl is printed on the direct mail piece, and what is it that you use to motivate the recipient of that direct mail piece to actually type in their pearl? Right, so there's always an additional offering. So they'll have a special pin code, ah. if you will, that's attached to them to claim a loyalty voucher of okay. some kind. Some dealerships say, okay, let's use this as a trade and assistance voucher. So for you only, Mr. Customer, because your car has been serviced at our store, like this is a true thing, a true communication to an end consumer. If a dealership knows that customer's car and it's been regularly serviced at their store, they know the condition that it's in, they want that car mm -hmm. back on their lot to resell it. Okay. So we're going to assign you a special offering. We drive them to the website with their personalized URL, and then they have a special PIN code. And when they click through to the payoff page, that final landing mm -hmm. page, they get to say print up a special loyalty Ooh. voucher to then bring it, And the voucher the is a, an amount of money dun, dun, off, dun, dun, dun. like a, a coupon? Okay. <laughs> right. So it could be a trade and assistance voucher, meaning so that when they come bring in their trade, they're going to get extra value for that trade to be used towards the purchase of their next okay. vehicle. It could be used for aftermarket items in the business office upon taking delivery of the vehicle if they wanted to get extra items okay. for the car. And so... It, it, like we kind of work with each store because each store kind of has a different 
concept, a different corporate culture, if sure. you will. Um, so we follow sort of their lead. So just to be clear, so I understand, on the direct mail piece, when you print the personalized URL, do you tell them specifically what voucher they're eligible for when they go to the landing page, or do you leave some intrigue there and they have to go to find out? Right. So we try to create urgency by kind of making it a limited time okay. offer. Okay first and foremost, and then we give them a little bit of information, but not too much okay. information because we do want them to go and find, try to want to find out more. You know, we'll say probably the amount. But, but not the specifics. Yeah, but then leave the specifics out because if you give them too much information, then what's the motivation? Got to leave a little bit to the imagination. Right, right. <laughs> Tease them a little bit there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember dating. You know how that huh? goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't remember? Uh, yeah, I do. I do, mystery, yeah. It's, it it's decades back at this point, but yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> Mackenzie's more in that game right now. Um, but we digress. So, so. Well, that's a whole yeah. other. That's a, that's whole a other different podcast. podcast. Yeah, we'll bring you back. We'll Mind fire later. after dark. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, okay. So I've got the direct mail piece. I've got my pearl. I'm intrigued. Uh, I go to the landing page to get that voucher. But when I get to the landing page, you mentioned that I enter in a pin code, right? And so after I enter in the pin code, what happens? Do I do I provide some more information about about me, or do I immediately get the voucher? Right. Yep. So we want to learn some ancillary information about that customer and that particular vehicle, things maybe that we don't know. So did they finance? Did they pay cash? You know, uh, did they lease the vehicle? So we've got some drop-down boxes and a couple questions with, um, you know, just a quick drop-down box. We want to try to maintain as little form friction as possible so we can convert that customer quickly to the end payoff page and have them register to learn more information and get their, their loyalty vouchers. So we'd ask things like, you know, um, what are they interested in purchasing next? Did they finance, lease, pay cash? Um, we can even preload things like the sales consultant's name. That, so is, is the same person there that they dealt with mm. before? Do they have a okay. preference? How quickly are they in the market to do something? So we want to try to wrap our head around a sense of timing with that customer, those types of things. And then when they get to the final payoff page, they can print up whatever that loyalty vouchers offering might okay. be. And then, of course, we send an we sent, you know, using your MindFire software, we sent an autoresponder, just kind of basically reiterating the initial communication. You know, thank you so much for your interest, Mr. Customer. Um, we appreciate you and value you at blank dealership. A customer care representative will be in touch shortly to answer any questions. So you when may you have. send out that automated email, of course, it goes back to the person who just filled out the form, the customer. But then is there any automated responses going over to the dealership or the sales rep or the customer service rep um, so that they know that their that their customer mm -hmm. just, you know, filled out the form and then there's any follow up or mm -hmm. this is the part that's important because effective and, and you know quick follow-up with interested customers like this is crucial for the end game is getting that customer in the store because it is an emotional thing buying a car people even they're excited and you've got their attention sometimes you can't hold it for very long mm -hmm. <laughs> so we want to make sure we get them in right away so every dealership is unique in terms of its challenges and its opportunities a lot of stores have what we call a bdc center so they have these business development centers they've got a, a team of gals that are amazing on the phone that follow up with stores other stores for example maybe a smaller center a rural area they just have a handful of salespeople, and oftentimes they're not great on the phone. They're not super thrilled about making these calls, even though it's like, Merry Christmas, Happy Birthday, buddy. Here's no the customer that's ready Jeez to come in by. You, yeah. you better pick up the phone and give wow. them a call. Um, so, you know, we, we have options to help these customers out where we can provide call center support, business development support. We now have that. 
um, accessible with our business, but um, we provide call scripts if uh, the dealership is going to follow up, and, and we build a back-end dashboard, if you will, whereby each um, manager, because this has to be micromanaged, you can't just let this go wild at, a, at the dealership level, will then micromanage all the customer lead notifications as they come in, and they come in in real time, and then decide, okay, how are we going to do this? Are we going to assign these leads to each individual salesperson? Are we going to have the BDC call? And, and then we kind of talk about best um, practices in store. I want to understand that. So when, the, when, when I hit submit on the landing page and I'm on my payoff page, is it at that point that you send the lead alert to the dealership? Okay. That's right. It kind of same all happens time. at the okay. same time. So they've clicked, they've gotten their uh -huh. voucher, they get the autoresponder, and then our dealer will get a lead okay. notification form that this customer is interested and all the information that we were able, that they put in. Into the form. Okay. And so do you tell them that via yep, right. email, via text message? How do you get that to the dealership? So the dealership then gets an email lead notification okay. form. All right. And and it would have customer's name on there, you know, their phone number. Because remember, this is a loyalty-based marketing campaign. So when we load everything into the software, we already know the customer's phone number, their email. We have most of that information. Um, when they're putting the other information in there in terms of what they're interested in next, their timeline, et cetera, we then are collecting, again, that ancillary information that's added into that lead mm -hmm. notification form. So now this dealer has a customer name an address, a phone number, an email, what they're driving, what they want to drive next, when they're ready to buy. I mean, are you kidding me? It doesn't get any and better Candace, than that. do you push that information into the dealer management system or does it kind of sit there in their inbox and then they have some sort of uh, manual process to then, uh, you know, assign the follow-up? How does that work? Right. So this is where it gets uh -huh. tricky. Every single dealership has a different um, DMS sure. system, yep. right? So it's it, it, getting one software to speak to another it can be very tricky it's almost like i speak french and you speak english and i'm going to send this information to you but it doesn't come through correctly yep. <laughs> all mm -hmm. the time so you know you can using an api shoot some of the information into their dms uh, system sometimes if and only if it's a certain type of software that works and that's something we're still working on um but yeah, I, I guess sometimes it's double duty because they have to keep track in their own DMS system. But we dump all the leads into a dashboard using, you know, MindFire software where they can see them as they're all coming in. They can look into the software and see customer first and last name. They can see everything that they need right in there. And, you know, I hate to say it, but each store still really operates um, kind of with like old school methodology, mm -hmm. like paper trail. They do. Like they still keep track of all their sold on like these long almost looks like an Excel spreadsheet of paper. And yeah, they use their DMS system. But, you know, again, you're only, you're only as good as your least qualified person at your business in the sense that sometimes you've got people that work at these stores and they're lovely. They're lovely, wonderful people, but they're not super savvy or, you know, with the Internet in that sense. So if you ask a salesperson, for example, you assign them a lead and you ask them, okay, make sure you update this in our DMS system because we need to keep track of all this. Do you think that they Probably all do not. it? <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. It's like human nature, you know? Anything that you're not super confident with or great at, you just procrastinate it or avoid it altogether. Push it off to the side. <laughs> and so we find using, <laughs> so like next week and it never comes. You know, we find having, um, being able to track each and every customer that registers with the back-end software is, is 
paramount. It's so important because the dealer can always, the managers can always go back in there or the owner of the dealership and see each and every customer. We can, you know, put everything into an Excel spreadsheet and they can keep track of it after the campaign's ended. Like it's um, with with the platform that we use now, you can see everything. We can we can even see crazy detailed information like. If a customer, for example, is a sold-only customer, he came into your dealership and just bought from you but never serviced from you, and we sent him a communication and he came in and registered, I would consider that a mm-hmm. conquest customer, not a loyalty customer. So, you know, we can – if a dealer is up for it – here's the best way to put this. If a dealer is on it and up for it and wants the information, we can provide them everything you can humanly imagine. And those guys are the best guys to work with because they're just that much more proactive. Now, I hear you talking about all these different cool things that you offer um, to these dealerships and campaigns. And, and so tell me a little bit about your team at Ventos. What different skill sets do you guys have there? Um, who, you know, who, who's part of your team? Um, okay, so initially at Ventas Strategies, it was just kind of me. Many years ago, I was working for a marketing company, automotive marketing company out east, and then I decided to kind of go it on my own and just be almost a reseller of, of other products. And again, I've been doing this for so long and wear many hats because I do work in sales and I and I have to service these customers and I've got a lot of things going on and I've, maybe I'm a control freak. I've, <laughs> loved, I've loved doing things on my own for so long, but as, as you start getting busier and as you start growing, you just can't do it all yourself anymore. So the last little bit, we've... Um, evolved and changed and um you know we've got i've got uh, a gal that i've been working with she's my campaign manager and so she's running a lot of the administrative aspect of things i've got a colleague i've worked with for several years now who i'm in western canada right now and she's out east in eastern canada and she does something similar to what i do but um more of like a private sale event company so it's sort of like how do i describe like a specialized event and it's like sort of one two or three day only on site you know um something like that exactly so she does that aspect of it so i've been working with her and she and i are going to be kind of um growing this into one company called we drive sales we're under the umbrella of we drive sales we have ventas strategies and all these loyalty-based marketing campaigns we have automotivate with all of her event type campaigns we've got a gal that does business development training um and uh call center we have a new call center we're working with and more most recently i've allocated a couple of really amazing graphic designers and i've got a couple guys that are doing coding we've Mostly, it's mostly ladies. We've got a girl good power. kind of girl power <laughs> theme going here. My daughter, <laughs> my daughter Caroline, just started working with us, and she's going to be uh, hopefully working with us for a long time. And her and I can continue to do so, and also get invited over for Thanksgiving dinner. And we don't end up killing each other. I, I don't know how. <laughs> well, that's no, turn you know, out, but... <laughs> I, I work with my dad too, so there's there's hope for you in the future. Actually, interestingly enough, I've always been close with my family and, and close with my dad, but. I think that working together gives us another level of understanding, if that makes sense. Because, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, oh, really? it, it does. In the be- I was hoping you could give me some pointers. <laughs> I was going to ask you yeah, about no, that. Yeah, no, it honestly, I think sometimes, you know, you have to find that balance. And sometimes it's like, hey, today I want you to put on your dad hat <laughs> and talk to me about this. You know, so sometimes in the beginning <laughs> it's finding that balance. But I think it's going to be great for you guys because you guys are going to, I mean, you guys trust each other inherently and you both are working towards the same goals, you know, which I think is really, I think it's, I think it works really well and you get to have that an extra level of understanding. So I think you'll still be invited over for Thanksgiving and, 
I don't know that I want to eat her Thanksgiving dinner Jeez. cooking anyway, but, you know, That's hilarious. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that turns out. But, you know, we're a pretty small team. We're a pretty small team, but all of us have had, you know, collectively many, many years of experience in this industry. So it's, it's really exciting. You you have a you have a relatively small team, but you're doing a lot of good work. And to me, it seems like uh, one of the things that you've done really well is stay very close to the needs of your customer. And one of the areas where I see that is in the dashboard and in the metrics that you present to them. So can you tell the listeners just a little bit more about what you just touched on a moment ago, where you said you present them with a dashboard where they can see their leads and just kind of tell us how you've arranged that data and what you're presenting to them there in that dashboard that's important to them. Okay. So, I mean, we do this with each and every campaign, right? And then we keep all the information after a campaign's ended so they can see, let's break it down from the beginning. If you send out say, 4,000 okay. mailers, 4,000 direct mail pieces with personalized communication to each and every customer. How many of those people came to the website and registered for more information? Of those people, we can go looking at, you know, which model, like what kind of, who were the SUV bars, who were the car bars, everything like that. Did they lease, did they finance? Like we can see everything in this dashboard that we build for them. Who came in, who showed up, who purchased, who did they lose? Like who wants to be contacted down the road in two, three months? Like I don't even know where to start in terms of how much we can segment that data, but we can really show that dealer at a, at a glance numbers of, of, of how the whole thing rolled out, what the return on investment was. Anyone that's really good at this that I've worked with in terms of at the dealership level, they'll have a really amazing campaign. They'll sell a ton of cars, but the guys that are superior at this will continue with those metrics and look at who was in progress, who didn't we close, how can we call them next month and say, hey, Mr. Customer, I recognize you, you know, came in and registered. I, I see here we weren't able mm. to help make a deal with you that, you know, you were happy with. This month, I wanted to make sure I reached out to you to let you know blank, like whatever they have going on in terms of the manufacturer level offerings mm. that month. And, you know, if, if, if you're really on your game, if you bring your right. A game, you should be able to get that customer back in next month and figure out what you did wrong the month before and then pull them forward that month. But, I mean, in terms of the metrics, it's all in there everything, everything they could possibly want. So now that you've got this kind of system put together where you've got the reporting and all of that um, kind of as a product or, or as a solution, how long does it take you to deploy a new campaign for a new customer just in terms of days or weeks? How, how long does it take and what does that process look like? Like to execute yeah, it from start yeah. to finish? Well, first of all, it always starts with the data and we can only go at the pace that the dealer okay. goes. So if you can imagine, these guys are super busy, super overwhelmed with everything that they've got going on at the dealership level. And many of them don't have a marketing manager. Like, you know, in the States, you guys have, I don't know, Canada's probably the size of California. <laughs> <laughs> we can't really no. compare what happens there. Yeah. To no, what but that's true here. here. It's on a much. Yeah, no, that's true here as well. It's a much, much smaller scale. So um, I think how it would roll out in best case scenario is, I have somebody who I work with on a regular basis. We pre-plan out what months they're going to do, what type of campaign. We get the data four weeks in advance, right? So we have lots of time because, for example, you want to choose who you're going to market to working within the dealership's budgetary constraints, like how many of these direct mail pieces are you going to set up? 
send out. Then we have to, because usually it's um, you know a new a new design. So then we need our design team, our, our graphics guys, and our H guy that does the HTMLs and codes everything to then build the new campaign. That doesn't happen quickly. That's going to take at least three days. You know, then we've got to send the mail piece upon approval, and we have to wait. This is the key component that's difficult. If we're running something that's going to feature manufacturer rates and incentives, usually these guys don't hear what they are until the mm. following month, okay. if that yeah. makes sense, like the first or second or whatever, depending on the weekend and whatnot of the month. So we need to know the proper rates and incentives. Then we have to have the letter approved, send it to the printer. The data is all loaded and in there and ready to go. Then they take a couple days to turn that around. And then Canada Post is pokey, pokey, pokey. They'll say, oh, three to five business days. Well, depending on the area that you're located in, it can be two days. And then we're scrambling to get ready for it, doing a sales launch meeting or whatnot. And or it can be six days. And they're calling us saying, did these letters yeah, even go out? Right. <laughs> but from start to finish, in an ideal world, we'd have kind of, three and a half weeks to okay. something. But oftentimes okay. I'll get a dealer that will call me and say, oh my God, it's such a slow month. I know we talked about something and I wasn't sure I wanted to do it. Can you still pull it off? And it's, you know, right. the fifth. And they want it next week. Yep, I know. <laughs> and they want it yeah. next week. Well, if Canada Post takes three to five business days, I don't know how they think, like, what do you right. want me to Magic. do? <laughs> Hand deliver them. So, you know, there, there's always... That's right. There's always that customer. There's always that customer out there. And I get it. I mean, I get it. So in an ideal world, everybody would be organized and plan this out well in advance. And I think over time, when they willy-nilly do last-minute things, they realize, wow, I've got to start planning this out better. And that's where we So in addition to the web response, what other channels are you tracking? Are you tracking the walk-ins, the phone calls, things like that? <laughs> sure, we yeah. love to track walk-ins <laughs> and phone calls. And oftentimes, as mentioned earlier, that's you know, those are these, the gents on the front mm -hmm. lines that are, you know, um, dealing with customers at the dealership level. And I can promise you, and I have to sit down with my dealers and go over these metrics and say, I can assure you, if, at the end of the day, if they send me a sold list at the end of the month and I can put it into the software and balance against who we sent out to, then I can be mm -hmm. more accurate. Um, but I can always assure them that there are people that walked in, there are people that called in, they get excited about the letter, especially the older people, they'll just get excited, they'll call in, they won't bother going to, to register or they'll just walk in right. with their letter. Do you guys think that the sales guys are capturing each and every one of these people? Yeah, no. Right. But you do do a match back at the end. It would be Is awesome. that right? I mean, you match back? Okay. Yes, and that's that's right. Yep, that's that's the best way. If a dealer will provide me with a sold list, then I can be, you know, obviously yep, more effective. Yep. So, Candace, I have one more question before we, we end, and it's one that you're probably not prepared for. So, hopefully, uh, we can get a, a good answer here. Uh, you might have to think about it, but I'm curious. I tend to ask this. If yeah, no, it's okay. Don't worry. Nothing scary. Um, what do you think is the biggest mistake that you've made? In, in with not in your life in general. I'm just saying with respect to with. Re <laughs> With respect to... Oh, gosh. Do we have time no, to talk about the, the biggest seems mistake Seems like we have I've a few other episodes. Life? Yeah, that's a different episode again. But no, I'm talking specifically about <laughs> with respect to these automotive campaigns. What have you learned um, from, you know, a mistake that, that just taught you quite a bit about this whole process? Mm, that's a really good question. You know what? I'll tell you what. I, I get a lot of people like, oh, you know, what's the, what's the most important thing you've learned in business? Or what's, you know, what did someone ever impart something so amazing and blah, blah, blah. I think, you know how you hear these crazy sayings all the time and sometimes things, things stick with you and sometimes they don't. One time my husband said to me, oh, Candace, 
he's making a joke about something. He's like, luck, no one's lucky. You see someone who's super successful and you're like, whoa, that guy, he's so mm. lucky. He did this, he did that. He's like, that's a bunch of baloney. He's like, luck is opportunity met with preparedness. Mm-hmm. And if you're not ready and you're not prepared, you're just opening yourself up to so many problems. And I feel like my biggest mistake was, you know, twofold. Uh, getting pressure from a dealer to try something last minute and, and not, not taking the time to be fully prepared hmm. for it has certainly never been um, beneficial <laughs> because people remember what they want to remember, not what you discussed, mm-hmm. yeah. if that makes sense. So if you said to somebody, look, I don't think this is a good idea <laughs> and you don't stick to your guns and you get pressured into doing something that they think might be just, let's just and do it. it. Let's just quickly, you know, throw this out there. Yeah. And then it's a, it's a huge flop. Trust me. It's my fault. Okay. And it was your idea, right? You were the one There's... saying it was for sure going to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it's gone down. And so it, moving forward, I've now learned that it's okay to turn away business if you think it's okay. a bad idea. Okay. Because I don't, I personally don't think, you know, there, there is such a thing as, as, as uh, bad business. Like you, you, you want to make sure, if you want to operate with integrity in the marketplace and your reputation is important, especially when you're a small business, you have to make sure that you're really covering all the bases. And um, if you're covering all the bases, then you're ready and you're prepared and you're, you're able to say, look, you know what, I don't actually think this is the greatest idea. That's cool if you want to try it, go ahead. Let's, let's get together next month and we'll see how it worked out for you. And then you don't, you're not the one eating crow after it's a bomb. So that's been kind of my thing because I did actually uh, get suckered into that once. And, oh, my gosh, I almost ended up losing a client over it because at the end of the day, you're not going to sit down with a customer and explain to them all the things that they did wrong. We would love to be able to get some, like, success metrics, uh, for example, like maybe uh, response rates or conversion rates or cars sold, things like that, right? So is there anything you can kind of tell us without without divulging anything for a specific dealer that folks can kind of – Benchmark? Um, yeah, benchmark against. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to say it. So you're talking about like conversion rates to sold rates. Yeah, and yeah, those like, kinds of things? like let's let's mean? let's step through each step of the funnel there. So if you send out um, you know, ten thousand direct mail pieces, what is the typical response rate of the people who visit the landing page? How many end up going all the way to the end? Um, of that group, how many uh, buy? You know, as an example. If you can just give percentages there, th- that I think would be of great interest to people. Let's say, for example, if you send out, if it's a tiny store doing a tiny campaign and they send out 1,500 okay. mailers, because I can just speak to what I just recently did with a Perfect. client. Usually we'll see, you know, say 150 people come okay. to that site. Wow. You know, and then of that 150 people, you'd really hope that you're going to book, say, 50 appointments. Okay. Easily. I'm trying to think. Now, is this customer a done deal? Would you sell half of those customers? For sure. For sure. You will. So just let me walk. You should, because they already know you. They like you. So, you know, you're going to sell, say, 25 Uh cars. And, um, you know, and then what you have to think about is it's just not about selling that car. It's about bringing that used car into your store. Now you're going to have to recondition that car. So it's going to go through your, you know, your service department, your parts department. It's, it's going to keep business going through every aspect in that dealership. And then it's going to end up on your used car lot and it's going to be resold. So it's kind of all of those things. It's sort of hard to quantify exactly how much that turns out to be at the end because it's 
it's a, it's a large amount of estimated gross profit at the end of the day if you take all those things into so consideration. So what I heard you say is, as example here, or for example, 1,500 pieces go out, 150 people uh, visit the, the landing page. That's 10%. 10%. Yep. And so of the 150, you have about a third or 50 appointments set. And then of those 50 appointments, it's not unheard of to close half of them or 25. Okay. That's right. All right. That's good. That's, That's awesome. That's right. And then you know what happens the next month? Like I, like we discussed earlier, the next month, if you're really milking everything you can out of this, you're going to look back at the customers that you didn't get in. You're going to communicate with them again, and you should be able to get half of the people that you sold the month before in and sold and That's done. The, so That's the good part. If it part. was 25... Yeah. yeah we, we, you know, if it was 25 that you sold, you should sell at least half of that the next month. Yeah, we least. call that the baking effect here over, over time. You know, it's that first touch that you get them in and you know, that's great. But the, the cool thing is that you're providing so much more because a lot of people stop there. You know, a lot of people stop at, oh, awesome. We got those 25 people to buy, but it's about tapping into that untapped revenue. The people who aren't necessarily saying, hey, pick me, pick me, you know, because there are people, like you said, if you nurture them, if you continue to communicate with them that are going to bake over time and then continue to add to your revenue. So, you know, that's it's just wonderful. Yeah, more effective. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this is this has been really great. I really appreciate you spending so much time with us. I feel like, you know, there's just so there's so much more that goes into it. It seems like with the automotive industry, because like you said, it's completely dynamic. You know, it's constantly changing. There's always new deals and, and you know, shifting a mindset. So hats off to you guys. You guys are doing a rock star of a job. So it's really <laughs> inspiring. Well, I hope that wasn't too boring for you guys. No, no. You're <laughs> database you're, marketing. <laughs> no, you're full of life, though. You're you're fantastic. <laughs> So, Candice, if people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do so? Um, you know, probably the best way would be to just maybe they could try to find me on LinkedIn. I mean, at the moment, our, my Ventas Strategies website is sort of under construction. Now that I've partnered up with these um, other gals that we're, we're in the process of building our new WeDrive sales website, which is going to kind of have, you know, Ventas Strategies featured and then our Automotive uh, Events Company featured and talk about some of the other um, services that we offer, like call center and business development stuff we discussed earlier. So mm, that'll probably be done in another week or so. So it's close. So it'd be wedrivesales.ca. That's up and coming in the next few days. But in the meantime, they could always find me on LinkedIn. I don't know if you... Do you feature people's LinkedIn yeah, uh, we can, or anything like yeah, that? Yeah, what we'll do is we'll go ahead and in the show notes. So um, as listeners know, I can remind them again, though, we can go, you go to mindfirestudio.com forward slash blog. There's going to be an entire blog post. We'll also, if you don't mind, put some screenshots of some of the work that you guys have done since you guys, you said you do have some creative, some cool creativity going on there. So we'll put some screenshots and we'll also link them to your LinkedIn yeah, sure, um, sure. so that they can get in contact if they want. For sure. That would be amazing. Awesome. Well, I hope that was Thank helpful, Thank you so much guys. for your time. Thanks, thanks so much. <laughs> All right. Have, Have a, a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Pixels and Ink podcast with Mackenzie Farsheed and Dave Rosendahl. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit mindfirestudio.com slash blog. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, keep testing your marketing to find out what works for you and your business and get ready for your leads and revenue to grow. We'll see you in the next episode.